This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, this is Ian Happ from the Chicago Cubs. I'm excited to announce that my show, The Compound, is now part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Join me and my teammates, Dakota Meckis and Zach Short. This week, we welcome Cubs first baseman, World Series champion, Anthony Rizzo to The Compound. Check it out. Subscribe. The Compound on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire Pods, search for us on iTunes or check out BlueWirePods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Blue Wire. Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. Three on the way. Yes. Paul George nails it. Lou Williams for the win. Bingo. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Clip and Roll. I'm your host, Justin Russo. Your other host, Farbad Esnashari from Sports Illustrated. This podcast is being brought to you by Bet Online and Blue Wire. So today, which we're recording this on Tuesday, June 16th, it is almost 9 p.m. Farbad, which is a hellacious time to record, but at the same time, screw us when we have our best thoughts as late at night. At least I would say that. Would you agree? I mean, I'm up till 4 a.m. every day, so this is like, this is mid-afternoon. Because you party. That's what it is. Quarantine party. Yeah, exactly. You know what's crazy, though, is this is going to be wild. Like, so before quarantine started, I had the loop of basically every event in L.A. gets sent to me, like the flyers. And that whole thing's been shut down since, you know, quarantine. Today was the very first time I got a flyer again. And I was like, you got to be joking me. And I got a flyer for um, name is Tiana Taylor. I think that was the name. Oh Tiana my god! Like listening party, and it was a Def Jam party. Yeah, Tiana Taylor, and it's a private listening party, and they're gonna provide hazmat suits and masks upon arrival. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Like, why are we even having this? If you guys need to provide hazmat suits, do you know who Tiana Taylor is? No, she's married to uh, Iman Shumpert. <laughs> well, then it's totally related to basketball. <laughs> Yeah, see, we start off on on a basketball front. Anyways, like I said, we're recording this Tuesday, June 16th. So by the time you're listening to this, this is kind of a little bit of old news, but not really. Today, a lot of the information about the Disney World hub, I'll just call it a hub, near Orlando came out. Sham Sharani of The Athletic, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, 
They were releasing some information. Zach Lowe of ESPN was releasing some information. Mark Medina was releasing it. Basically, everyone in the NBA community has been releasing information because rather than get everything out in one timely little release in this hundred and some odd page document, we're just going to have bits and pieces come out you know, until the end of time because why the hell not? Anyways... The Athletic and Sham Sharania obtained a memo from the National Basketball Association's Players Association, which is the MBPA. And the Players Union added, this is from his article, quote, the Players Union added that the manual is being created with guidance from the CDC, public health officials, and medical experts advising the NBA, the MBPA, and Disney. So right, in, there's several phases of this. Technically, we are in phase one. Based on the date, the date is June 16th. Phase one runs from June 12th to June 22nd. These are when players who are currently outside the United States should return to their team's home market. They should have returned by yesterday, which is June 15th, Monday. And all players must return to their team's home market by June 22nd for mandatory testing beginning on the 23rd. So by next Tuesday, every player needs to be back in their home market and being tested for COVID-19 and everything else. And as Mark Medina said, uh, per the NBA's 113-page health and safety protocol, on June 23rd, each player and essential staff member will take a PCR and antibody test. PCR testing will be repeated every other day, and antibody testing will be repeated if there is a positive test. So that's phase one. Players may work out at their team facility on a voluntary basis. Only individual workouts will be permitted Yada, yada, yada. That's basically what's happening right now. Like, you know, one or two players let in at a time, that kind of thing. So, like I said, we're in phase one. But on June 23rd, we jump into phase two. By the way, Farbot, I love the fact that everything is in phases now. There's phases for reopening, phases for basketball. Everything's a phase. You know, when we were growing up, our parents always told us something was a phase. So... It's nice to know that carries over into adulthood in basketball. I've watched too much anime and I keep thinking it as like forms. Like this is my final form. This is my second form. Yeah, this is like Pokemon where we've only evolved once. Yeah. You know, so more to come. Uh, phase two is June 23rd through the 30th. Uh, it is basically consistent with phase one. Players are expected to remain at home with their household members, only leaving for essential essential activities, which includes going to practice facilities and, for instance, going to get groceries. However, I doubt a lot of players will actually go get groceries themselves because they'll probably have family members to do it for them. Teams will begin mandatory COVID-19 testing. I already told you that. Um, Players may also volunteer to participate in a Yale University study that has the goal of developing a saliva-based test for the coronavirus. So... In a weird way, that's a big thing, Farwa, because that if you're able to develop a new, better test out of all this, maybe it's worth it. I mean, there's guys that can actually help with that, like Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, Rudy Gobert is another one. So um, there was a couple players, like on the new, on, almost called them the New Jersey Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, who tested positive, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, it was like a. I don't know if they ever released. I think that was one that was private. But there was like a handful of them. Same thing with the Lakers. They never released the names, which is fine. We don't need to know the names. And the Celtics. Remember That's Marcus right, the Celtics, Smart, yeah. Too. Yeah, Marcus Smart, yeah. It always makes me wonder, like, how the heck did the Clippers avoid that? <laughs> that we know of. I mean, yeah, that we know of. But They might not have just had that information released if they did test spot. Like, you never know. Um, here's the rules on player non-participation. 
non-participating players who are either, quote, excused or, quote, protected will not have their salary reduced as a result of their non-participation. This is a big deal for people. Um, the salary of any player who chooses not to participate will be reduced by 192nd point sixth. That's a weird way to say that, but yeah, 192nd point sixth for each game that the player misses with a maximum reduction of 14 out of 92.6. Uh, protected players are those players whose teams believe they are at a higher risk for higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. If his team does not designate the player as high risk, a player may still be excused and not have his salary reduced. The 14 cl- uh, classifies it as you cannot be charged more than 14 game checks if you miss time for being excused or anything like that. So it's also in a way, if you really want to call it, protect the players from not losing too much money in this. Excused players are, are those players who a panel of three medical experts determines to have a higher risk for severe illness. If a player wishes to request to be excused, he must notify his team in the MBPA no later than June 25th. So in while we're recording this, nine days from now, Farbod, next Thursday... We're going to know if any player is going to ask to be excused. And there are some guys that I know for a fact are going to want to get excused. Most but likely because... willing to sacrifice their salary, that's all. It's going to be interesting because I'm assuming those players would be on the teams that quote-unquote don't have a chance to win the title or whatever. So maybe someone on the Suns. I mean, the San Antonio Spurs... Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge had shoulder surgery and he's out. So does DeMar DeRozan just ask to be excused? Does someone else like, you know, so it's going to be interesting because one of the things I was thinking about too was as it pertains to, let's say the Washington Wizards, right? Like John Wall's not going to come back and play during this. What if Bradley Beal asked to be excused? And then it's the Wizards who have no chance of reaching even anywhere close to the eight seed. You have to get within four games of them for the play-in. And if they don't like, do the Wizards just not go, or or they just send some skeleton crew of guys who are forced to go, and then they stay at the Yacht Club, which is one of the hotels, which we'll get into very shortly because that was a hilarious thing. But it's it's going to make an interesting thing because like, if there's some players on these fringe teams that are just like, "Hey, man, I don't want to go," like, could we see an entire team just decide not to go? I mean, you could, but I mean, like a team like the Suns is probably honestly kind of stoked because they didn't have a shot at the playoffs before and now you know they could get their play in so i think if anything like a team like that would be hungrier it'd be like the blazers that would be pissed off maybe but even when you look at the nba standings the suns are six games back of the eight seed and they would have to leapfrog four other teams to even get to the nine seed and they have to do that in eight games and I'm not sure you can do that. So I don't I'm know. I'm not sure if they can, but I just I'm just very curious about the whole everybody resting situation. Because you don't know who wasn't taken seriously. Like because we're always talking about the Clippers and the Lakers, like they're those are the two teams that are taking it the most seriously out of anyone, it seems like. But we we have no clue like how serious the Thunder or the Rockets or anybody. So it's it, that's the part that's interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, phase three will begin July for this sounds like such a Marvel thing. Phase three, phase three is July 1st through about the 11th individual workouts, mandatory for all players. So they have to do them. Group workouts are still prohibited for medical reasons and no more than eight players will be permitted in the team's facility at any one time. Head coaches may now participate in and observe individual workouts. 
From there, you go to phase 4A, which is July 7th through the 11th. This is when teams will take either a chartered flight or bus to Orlando. For the Clippers, it will be a chartered flight on a staggered basis over July 7th through the 9th to begin team activities. This is when it gets kind of interesting. Upon arrival, players and team staff, which can, the number is 35. No, every team can only bring up to 35 people. That includes players and staff. You cannot go over 35. So that's going to be a very interesting thing to find out who all goes. But upon arrival, those players and team staff members must stay isolated in their rooms until they return two negative PCR tests at least 24 hours apart. Players will then have the option to wear a proximity alarm that will notify a player if he spends more than five seconds within six feet of another person on campus who is also wearing an alarm. Farbaugh, this is a shot caller. I don't think it's a shot caller. I think it's just probably what they do, what they're doing in Korea. That's what yeah, they do. It, God, it just sounds like a shot caller. I know it's not, but it's like, it's like, oh, it's the invisible fence. You know what I mean? Man. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's interesting because like, I'm sure other countries are like, yep, yeah, sounds normal. And then when you hear about it for our country, it's like, I don't know about that, man. Here's the interesting part about this proximity alarm. You ready? Sure. All all team and league staff, potentially excluding referees, though, must wear the alarm. However, it is optional for players. Oh, yeah, I mean, honestly, if if they already had a hard enough time to get players to commit to a super duper resort bubble, I, I highly doubt you're going to get players to commit to wearing that. Physical distancing protocol of six feet or more should be respected at all times, except during team workouts and when team health and performance staff is working with a player. That's understandable. Um, oh, here's the other big one, okay? Effective July 7th, random anti-drug testing will resume. However, it is only for SPEDs and diuretics. No testing will be done for recreational substances, but players remain subject to discipline for possession or use of prohibited recreational substances. And here's a note. You ready? Mm -hmm. Recreational use of marijuana is not legal in the state of Florida. (laughs) It's funny because I've seen players just go off as soon as the season ends. So that'll be interesting. Kawhi Leonard is probably not happy. (laughs) I mean, I don't even know if he's alive right now. He might not be, but you know what? That's okay. They're just going <laughs> to resurrect him and turn him on. They literally like you. It's crazy because he has no social media and he hasn't done a single interview. And you're just like, so this is what it's like when no- someone has no social media. You just don't even know if they're alive anymore. This is what it was like in the 90s. There's other things in here. It's a very long article, but I'm just going to give you some stuff. Uh, players are not permitted to enter each other's hotel rooms due to infection concerns. Any meal eaten with a player on another team must be eaten outside. Disney chefs will prepare daily meals and there will also be a room service option. Uh, subject to a few exceptions, food deliveries from outside of the campus are not permitted. I like how they call it a campus, by the way, like we're back in college. Um, if a player leaves without prior approval, upon re-entry, he will be subject to enhanced testing, which includes the deep nasal swab testing, a 10 to 14 day self-quarantine period, and a reduction in compensation for any game in which he was unable to play as a result of his absence from campus. Farbot, I do have a question here, which I know you can't answer because no one, we don't know, we don't know. 
right now, okay? But if a player has prior a- approval, say there's a death in the family or a birth of a child, is that guy allowed to leave the campus without... I'm sure like, they'll make extenuating circumstances. I think at the end of the day, this stuff is just... All that stuff is just to mitigate people trying to visit their Instagram girlfriends or going to strip clubs because that's all they're trying to calm down is to get players to chill out on trying to get their Instagram girlfriends that they always try to get at in, in every city to just not come through and just focus on the basketball and then go home. I think that's that's the important thing. The, the other stuff is all I'm sure they will be open to. I'm sure they're not going to be like, your uncle died. Sorry, you can't go. Like they're not going to dock somebody like that. It's interesting to see like some of this stuff because like there are players with pre-existing conditions. Brandon Ingram literally just had blood clots last year. JaVale McGee, James Harden, DeAndre Jordan, they all deal with asthma. They're going to be all in the bubble. Like these are pre-existing health conditions. And in the hygiene section, the league asked that players avoid the following in games and practice. This is interesting. Spitting or clearing their nose on the court, wiping the ball with their Jersey, licking their hands, playing with, or unnecessarily touching their mouth guard. Like makes you, makes you wonder why were some of these not specified before all the, like how was spitting on the court allowed? The one thing to remember is I think a lot of this is just tech, just placeholder stuff that you don't really know if they're going to follow. And two, I think a lot of this was written over the course of the last three months and the information just got out now because I've seen reports that Shams and some other people were putting out that like I knew about maybe uh, in early May that just came out now. So it's like a lot of this stuff has been done. None of this is this is new to us, but it's not new to them. And even I remember when quarantine right before it first happened. So when we were playing the Lakers when the Clippers were playing the Lakers, they said fans weren't allowed to, or players weren't allowed to autograph balls for fans, but they still did it anyway. So there's certain things that are just like placeholder stuff just to make it from a legal standpoint. And for almost like when you interview for a job and they have to ask you certain, th- certain things for like HR reasons, but they're not really going to do it. You know, it's just in the contract because it has to be in there, but they're not really going to do it. I think a lot of this is that. A lot of this is that. A lot of this was just, so they could get the okay from Dr. Fauci or it was all written way, way long ago, maybe over the course of the last three months when things were in a much different situation in terms of how extreme people were taking it. Although it's funny because we should be taking it more extreme now. Teams will play eight quote unquote seeding games to conclude the regular season, followed by a play in tournament if necessary for the eighth seed. And it'll be a traditional 16 team, four round, seven game NBA playoffs. So you're getting your regular playoffs just in a different location. Upon completion of each team season, the team will immediately depart the NBA campus. That makes sense. You get them the hell out of there. For each player to leave the NBA campus, he must have returned a negative PCR result within 24 hours of his scheduled departure. So that'll be interesting to see if there's anyone who tests positive and must stay there. I mean, here's the thing, like you look at you look at like New Zealand, if you do a bubble, it works. New Zealand had zero cases for a long time and they finally got their first case because they let England in. So if you do a bubble, it works and then it just puts the onus on the players to not mess around. And if you can just stay focused for X amount of weeks that you're going to be there, this will all be cut and dry and it should be no problem. Now, that's a lot of responsibility to put the onus 
on, I mean, to put it bluntly, on a country where we haven't really been responsible enough about any of this to begin with. So, but the idea of a bubble, as demonstrated by other countries, clearly works. It's just a matter of whether or not you're responsible enough to adhere to it. To finish this up, um, agents are not eligible to attend. Same thing in hockey. Unless he or she is a family member. In the case of Tobias Harris, his dad is his agent, so he would be able to go if he wanted to. Uh, here's the thing about player guests. All player guests must undergo three days of self-quarantine and testing, either in a house or hotel in the team's home market or in Orlando outside of the NBA campus. Assuming they don't, uh, assuming that the player guest does not return a positive test, they may then come into the NBA campus but must remain in quarantine for four days after their arrival with testing each of those days. The NBA did also inform teams on Tuesday what Disney hotels they will be staying in, and it is based entirely upon conference positioning as of this moment. So the top four seeds in the West and the East, which are the Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers, Celtics, Nuggets, Jazz, Heat, those eight teams are on the Grand Destino. In the Grand Floridian are the Thunder, Sixers, Rockets, Pacers, Mavericks, Nets, Grizzlies, and Magic. Outside of that, you have the Yacht Club, which are the Blazers, Kings, Pelicans, Suns, Spurs, and Wizards. Honestly, I don't expect anyone from the Yacht Club to be lasting beyond the rest of their season. It feels a little survivory. I was I was thinking about it, and as you're explaining these rules, and I'm like, man, if uh, if we were this strict about everything in America with the virus, we probably would have had in a much better spot than we are. It seems like a lot of what they're doing in this bubble is a combination of what other countries have done between Korea and New Zealand and even Japan. So it's like they've taken the combination of, you know, these uh, quote unquote like house arrest kind of necklaces and ankle bracelets that go off if somebody breaks their quarantine, the bubble itself, they're cleaning the way they clean everything down. And it's just like, man, if we just did a lot of this here, we wouldn't be where we are. But it's interesting to see the way they've taken it. The last two things, the NBA has taken its test through Quest. It is also partnering with the National Urban League to provide free COVID-19 testing for people in each team's home city. Lastly, according to Keith Smith, uh, who is a Yahoo sports writer, an NBA source told him, quote, every attempt will be made to keep teams in a window that is as close to their normal time zone as possible. West Coast teams may not play until 9 or 10.30 p.m. Eastern time, we want fans to be able to see their team play as much as possible. That's not exactly shocking. You want home team, home fans to see their teams at normal times because why wouldn't you? So as of right now, this seems fine. Who knows what it's going to be in a couple weeks? You know, Adrian Wojnarowski talked about like there's an acceptable number of something of positive cases that the NBA has in mind. I'm curious to see what that number is, especially if someone of prominence tests positive. That would be interesting. So I don't know. It seems fine, but everything's fluid. Things can change. We shall see in the next couple days and weeks, won't we? I think they're under the assumption that nobody of prominence is going to test positive because all the people of prominence are the ones that have been pushing for this for so hard. I think that is the assumption that they have is they don't expect Kawhi, LeBron, PG, any of these guys to be messing around to test positive because they're not going to be messing around. But that's where it's interesting because it's like, what if, what if it's 
I mean, if one person gets it, inevitably a bunch of people are going to get it. But I guess if they're so on it that they can detect if one person has it before the game even starts, before there's any kind of interaction, you kind of put a halt to it. Because it's like, what if Spencer Dinwiddie has it, you know, and Spencer Dinwiddie doesn't have the same level of reasoning to take it as seriously as Kawhi. But I, it seems like they're going to shut it down before Spencer Dinwiddie can even come to contact with other players. You know what they say about assumptions. They make you a poop. Yes. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag, that's betonline.ag, and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's all one word, BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, BetOnline, your online wagering experts. You know, the other thing we wanted to talk about today just for a little bit was uh, Ralph Lawler mentioned who he thinks should have their jerseys retired, which which Clippers deserve to have their numbers retired. And, you know, Ralph being probably the longest tenured Clipper fan of all time, uh, his list is a little bit different than when you'd expect a modern fan's list to be. And he had Elton Brand, Danny Manning, World Be Free, which could also serve as a wrestling name, Terry Cummings, and Bob McAdoo. So what? Who would who would you have? Let's say in your top three to have their jerseys retired. Bob McAdoo's for sure in there. He's the only MVP in the history of the Los Angeles Clippers franchise, even though that was with the Buffalo Braves. Bob McAdoo's there. Blake Griffin's there. Chris Paul. Those would be my top three. Honestly, that was probably going to be mine too, because Elton Brand is fourth for me. If I'm being completely honest. I mean, yeah, he deserves it, but it's like Blake put the team on a map that nobody else did. Yeah, and I think the thing with Bob McAdoo is like Bob McAdoo was such an incredible player that, like I said, one MVP was so freaking good. You know, I mean, I think he deserves to be up there. He deserves to have his number retired. I've I've long said he is the first one who should have his number retired, and if it's not going to be him, it should be Ralph. Yeah, the, uh, I, I looked at what some of the fans said to me on Twitter in regards to their response to who should have their jerseys retired. Clippers fan 1986 says Ralph first, then Brand, then McAdoo, CP3, DJ, Blake, and maybe Manning. Um, a lot of people said Blake. Some people said CP3. Richard M. Bernstein says tier one, he has Blake. Lawler and Brand. Tier two is Paul and Manning. So I think he just forgot who Bob McAdoo was. Uh, another another one, Robert2102 says Ralph, Manning, Blake, CP3, Jordan, and Loy Vaught. And there's a lot of a lot of Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, and it's surprisingly like two to three Loy Vaughts. The interesting one from Ralph's list is is Terry Cummings, because Obviously, a lot of people don't remember Terry Cummings, but Terry Cummings was incredible. He spent his first two years in the NBA, 
with the San Diego Clippers and was a 23 point per game scorer with them. Incredible athlete, amazing dunker, incredible player. And he only spent two years with the team, but he was so damn good. The Clippers traded him to Milwaukee and his first year in Milwaukee becomes an all-star. Well, the the other thing I'm curious about is how Ralph kind of took this into consideration because he just said it in a tweet. You know, there wasn't that much like explanation behind it because if you were Ralph, it's almost kind of impossible to not have Chris Paul. Like it's, you've seen enough. He's seen everything to not have Chris Paul, but then I guess maybe he could be choosing from people who are retired, you know, because that's always a thing. Like I know, I know certain NBA players and wrestlers are like, well, we can't put this guy in the Hall of Fame or we can't put this guy's jersey up because he's not retired yet. So that could be the perspective he's coming from. Right, because Blake Griffin isn't on his list either. Yeah, so I, it's like impossible to not have Blake and Chris, in my opinion. So it must be just because they're not retired. That's probably what it is. So, I mean, look. I don't disagree with anything Ralph said. They all should have their number. I wish the Clippers had retired a jersey already. And honestly, it should have been Ralph's. And then after Ralph, it should be Bob. Then after Bob, among players who are already retired, it should be Elton Brand. Now, I know what some Clipper fans are going to say is, you know, screw Elton Brand, blah, blah, blah. Elton Brand was really freaking good, man. You know who probably should get it over Elton Brand, actually? Hmm. Chuck the Condor. Chuck the Condor and Kid Condor... Put him on the list. Give him a statue. Chuck and Kid Condor. Your dog barking in the background is the exact reaction I have in my head right now to what you just said. Yeah, I laugh because the dog was barking. My immediate reaction was, I hope he can't hear that. And he did. Yeah, no, no, I like the dog. The dog gives us a, that's our third man. Yeah. That's our our co-host. Yeah, that's our Hogan. That's our, that's our third man. I mean, clearly he's Hogan because he's going into business for himself right now, barking all over the place. Hey, I'll allow it. You know, listen, if there's one thing I've always said, it's more podcasty to have animals on. I mean, apparently he wants us to wrap it up. That's what the that's what the barking is. So if you had to do it. Who would be your your five, your absolute stone cold five for Jersey retirements and I'm going to exclude Ralph because technically he didn't have a number. So let's assume Ralph's just there. Ralph goes up with a microphone on his jersey and all that. Who are your five players that should have their number retired? I mean, so it would be Bob McAdoo, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul. Those three for sure. And then, to be honest, it's weird because you don't want to seem too modern. But at the same time, you always hear what Doc says, and he's like, people should give DJ more credit. And I honestly, it's a little premature to give DJ that credit, but at the same time, it's like, man, that guy did a lot for the franchise too. So I would say Bob McAdoo, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, Elton Brand. And then the fifth, mm, you could say, you could say Danny Manning. Yeah, Danny Manning or DeAndre Jordan or like one of those six men between like Lou and Jamal or something. So my four locks would be Chris Paul, Elton Brand, Blake Griffin, Bob McAdoo. Those are the four that absolutely should be up there no matter what. 
the fifth one is an interesting one because DeAndre Jordan was with this franchise for a decade. Like yeah, you literally longest tenured for is he the longest tenured clipper? He's the longest time? tenured clipper in, in franchise history. Yeah. So, you know, he's like their leading rebounder, all this stuff, you know, like 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 think about that. Like seriously think about that. Like DeAndre Jordan is so far ahead in total rebounds in the Clippers history books. He's 3,000 rebounds ahead of Elton Brand, who's in second place. And to put that in perspective, the guy in eighth place was ben, was Benoit Benjamin. Benjamin had 3,500 rebounds. So basically, DeAndre Jordan had almost as many rebounds as Elton Brand and Benjamin combined. That's how far ahead of everyone he is. However, I have a guy for the fifth spot for you. Randy Smith, two-time All-Star with the Buffalo Braves. 18-point-per-game score with the Braves. Was the 1978 All-Star Game MVP. Was All-NBA in 76. And was Bob McAdoo's running mate for the Buffalo Braves when they made those deep playoff runs. I think that would be my fifth guy. Especially because he played all 82 games, Farbod, for like a a 10- or 11-year stretch. Like, he was an Iron Iron Man. It's the the fifth one is the rotating man. I think you you can make an argument for whoever. Just don't pick Wesley Johnson, and we're good. Why do you hate Wesley Johnson? Because I still re- I was there the day he fumbled that inbound pass like three times in a row. They still won that game. I I can forgive him. Man, I remember that just being like I remember oh, it too. I just. I got, you know why I got over I it? Because Wesley baseline. was such a nice guy. I worked that baseline too. I was at that, I was literally, because it was when I used to control the advertisements and I wasn't reporting for the team. And I was like, I was right at that baseline. And I was just like, what the hell is happening? I thought I was going home. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? You want a fun Wesley Johnson story? Sure. If there is one. Do you know he has absolutely no social media? think so i think he has no yeah i don't think he has anything no twitter no instagram nothing good because if he had it that day james harden crossed them up that would i'm gonna be honest with you wesley was always very nice anytime i ever interacted with him he was very nice he enjoyed playing basketball he was a nice guy but like if we just had a different small forward than those days the Lob City would have had a lot more success. Look, I, he was he was just nice. Like he, I I liked him because he was just a nice guy, um, always smiling. I always remember that he was always smiling. Like he was just happy to be there, which was nice. It was cool to see. And I do have to commend him for not having any social media because that takes an incredible amount of self discipline. I'm gonna sound a bit of a dick here, but nice doesn't put ball in the hole. Being good puts the ball in the hole. <laughs> Shot 34% from three his last season with the Clippers. Not, not terrible. <laughs> Do you know who they traded him for? Shoot. Was that the Josh? Was that before or after Josh Smith? After. After Josh Smith. They traded him in October of 2018, right before the season began. So it's the Tobias year, right? It's a Blake year of shit. I don't remember who they traded him for. Alexis Ajinsa, who had not played for like two years prior to that. 
You know what though, Alexis Agensa always messed up the Clippers. Like he always. Made I liked the- him. Yeah, I was kind of like, oh, sick. We got a guy that always like does good against us. Like I'm down for it. And then they waved him, and I was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> well, they waved him for like salary reasons because they dumped Wesley to get like under the luxury tax, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, they dumped Wesley in that trade to get under the luxury tax. And that's what like reset their luxury tax. Because remember, they were always in the luxury tax because of Lob City. And then that was like that offseason, a couple months prior to trading Wesley, uh, Chris Chris gets traded to, to uh, Houston. And DeAndre walks. No, no, DeAndre walked the next year. Next year? He, he, no. he walked after the, the year after Blake Griffin was traded. That's right. Yeah. So a couple months after Wesley's traded, Blake is dealt because Blake gets dealt in February or at the end of January, 2019. So I think if I remember correctly, by the end of, by the time they traded Blake, they had no one left on their roster from Lob City. No, Austin. Oh, wait. Yeah, Austin. He was traded in uh he got he got traded in 2019 as well because because when Austin got dealt uh no Austin got dealt I thought you Austin said by was the dealt two, Austin was dealt two years prior to that because Austin was dealt in uh in 2018, I believe. For Gorkot, right? Oh yeah, wait, so Blake was traded and but Blake was traded, Austin was still there, so Austin was still one of the final Lob City members. He's like sure? Wesley Johnson were the last two, weren't they? Oh, you're right. Okay, Blake gets traded January of 2018. Austin gets traded Ju- June of 2018. Wesley's traded October of 2018, and that's the last Lob City yeah, guy. The last one, because I remember. I think I remember tweeting. I was like, "The year is 2030. Wesley Johnson is the last remaining member of Lob City, and is the only person capable of writing the autobiography." Here is his story. <laughs> It's crazy to think of how, and I know we're talking about, I know we went from what numbers to retire, then we went to Wesley Johnson, but it's crazy to think how much the team changed so fast. Yeah. And also, since we're talking about Wesley Johnson, like shout out to the Clipperholics and uh, Ricky Chu, because they love Wesley Johnson and they had the Wesley Wednesdays stats where they would say Wesley Johnson was really good specifically on Wednesdays. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> They were really, they really liked Wesley, so they were I mean, like a lot of people did. Like any, I could honestly say if you ever interacted with him, not you specifically, but like anybody, like if you interacted with him, he was such a nice guy, you couldn't help but like root for him. I already said my mean of, statement. I'm I'm gonna leave it at my mean statement. All right, so I have a question for you. Yeah. Season resumes. Clippers are in the bubble. They're staying at the Grand Destino. Do they win the title? But if you, if, if no one, let's assume no one contracts COVID and everyone's healthy, no one gets injured in the lead up to all this. Do they win the title? Yes. That did not sound confident. I mean, I did a thing with my finger, as I said, yes. So it looked a lot more confident than it sounded. <sighs> I don't think they do. Who beats them? I think Milwaukee. Oh, in the finals? 
I think the Clippers could get to the finals, and I think Milwaukee beats them. I'm very iffy on a Clippers-Lakers series. I think that's as 50-50 as it gets. But I think Milwaukee's still the best team. Well, Milwaukee, the jury is up for me because, like, clearly they were the best team in the regular season. Like, clearly they were the best team in the regular season. But they were the best team in, like, the regular season last year, too. And then all of a sudden, I mean, you, you're you the one who had the stat. Like, Kawhi was locked up on Giannis and held him to, like, 33% or 20% on, like, 141 possessions or something like that. Like, sometimes stuff just happens in the playoffs where you're like, well, damn. No, I, I understand. And like for the Clippers from like a roster standpoint, like there's this talk of like being able to bring over 17 people. So I'm just assuming they're just going to sign Joe Kim Noah for the rest of the season because, you know, like it's weird, right? Okay, so this is the thing. And I know this is running a little bit long, but I do want to talk about this. The thing that hasn't been discussed is we're coming up to a date. I believe it's like the 22nd or 23rd where like teams can start signing available players to fill roster spots like the couple extra roster spots, you know? And it makes me wonder, like, are those players going to count against, like, a salary, like, against, like, the luxury tax? Like, because the Clippers are very close to the luxury tax line. So, like, if they sign Joe Kim Noah for the rest of the season, like, do they pay him? Like, in the CBA, is it going to act as he gets his two, he gets his 10 day salary. And then like, he has all this other contract money. Like, does that count as a luxury tax thing? Or does that count as like, you know, like basically like you're paying him, but like, don't worry about it. Like, I don't know. Like, cause for a team like the Clippers, obviously they want to retain Joe Kim Noah. Cause like he, he's been working out. He's very, he wants to be a Clipper. I don't think, you know, he's been with the Clippers since March 9th. I believe it was March 9th. He signed his 10 day. The season got halted like two days later. This is the longest 10-day contract in the history of the world. Relationships didn't, haven't lasted as long. Didn't, uh, what's his name? Shoot. The one who had the the pop brownies, um, for the edibles, uh, Dion, didn't Dion Waiters with the Lakers too? Didn't that happen? Yeah, he signed with the Lakers. I forgot that happened. Yeah. So... You know, like it's it's stuff like that, you know, like trying to figure out how the salary cap machinations are going to work itself out because you're going to have to have more players available in case something happens. And I know they like Joe Kim Noah, so it kind of makes me wonder, like, are they just going to be able to sign him for the rest of the season or... Like, I really just want to know how 10-day contracts work, especially because people have to come in and out of this bubble. And once someone comes in, you'd like to keep them in until they absolutely have to leave. I think it's one of those things they're still working some of the minor details on, but have a general idea. It's the same thing as, like, with how they're handling the media. Like, there's there's certain things I've heard of how they're going to handle the media, but there's still a lot of details that haven't really been covered. Like, well, what if we're only there for a week because we're covering the the nets and they get eliminated like that that payment plan isn't there so i think they're waiting for everything to be 100 percent before they announce any of that stuff well i'm curious to see what happens with the staff like you know like obviously doc rivers is gonna go because he's the head coach um but beyond that you know you're talking sam cassell jeremy castleberry armand hill casey hill rex kalamian tyron lu brendan o'connor and john welch those are your assistant coaches so 
do any of them not go because of restrictions like the 35 people and then you basically you cut your staff down like does armand hill not go because he's over the age of 65 like what's gonna happen like this is gonna be crazy like there's so much up in the air that we don't even know that no one knows up in the air is a good movie though i really like that movie that was a good movie george clooney was really good in that yeah i was like poor guy at the end <laughs> really you thought that was poor guy well a little i just watched that not that long ago actually the best part of that movie by the way is him just taking around the cardboard cutout of his sister and her and uh oh god what's his name danny mcbride you know what's like the most selfishly like very american thing that was like my biggest concern when this quarantine happened hmm. i was like i hope this ends by the time tenet comes out because i really want to watch that movie and i'm next I hate uh, you. Well, now it's coming out in July. I'm just like, why are you doing this to me, Nolan? Yeah, I don't. Buddy, you cannot get me to a movie theater anytime in the next six months. That's all I'm saying. Listen, if I already went to Javier's, apparently I've been... I don't know what you're doing. That was insane to me. <laughs> apparently, I was in the... I mean, I'm laughing now, but we'll see what happens in two weeks. Yeah, we'll see what happens when that test comes back. <laughs> Yeah, it might not be much haha going on. It might be oh no, absolutely. I think I'm so, just like in a in a catastrophic state of mind, and that's why I'm laughing. Listen, if you can't, if you don't laugh about it, it actually like freaks you out. So I I, I get it. I'm with you. I'm I'm, I'm 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 with you. Also, real quick, what jersey number does does Joe Kim Noah wear if he plays with the Clippers? Because with the Bulls, he wore 13, and with the Knicks, he wore 13. But obviously, Paul George wore thirteen. Wears thirteen right now. But last year with the Memphis Grizzlies, he wore fifty-five. No one wears fifty-five on the Clippers. The only one who comes close is Patrick Patterson, who wears fifty-four. So far, Rod, does he pick fifty-five? He picks fifty-five. Yeah. Fun fact: the last time a player wore number fifty-five for the Clippers is the dealer departed Lorenzen Wright. He wore that for a couple years. Also, Kiki Vandaway wore it in 93. I feel like that's the final fact of the night. There's no, doesn't get higher than that. Listen, did you know Kiki Vandaway was part of the reason why the Portland Trailblazers didn't draft Michael Jordan? No. Because they traded for him in the summer of 84 to pair with Clyde Drexler. The year prior to that, with Denver, he averaged 29 points a game. Kiki did. I remember I said hi to him one time, and it was when he got promoted to VP, and I never said hi to him again. He was just too good for you. Like most like most women are on my Friday night. <sighs> All right. You got anything else? No. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> just going to schedule this test as soon as this is over. Javier. Please pass this test of like school. <laughs> All right. Listen, everybody stay safe. Social distance. Wear your mask. Wear your mask in public, please. Please. Tweet I cannot stress. Orange County. Yes. Both Orange Counties, Florida and California. So look, everyone stay safe. Stay blessed. Just party on. I don't know why I said party. On. Everyone take it easy.
If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. RCA's local inpatient and outpatient programs are founded on science and delivered with heart from an expert caring team who will inspire and guide you every step of the way. Go to rcahelp.com slash podcast for more information on how to get treatment. At RCA, you'll be in a community that builds connections and fosters support from peers and RCA's team of medical professionals. At RCA's state-of-the-art campuses, they tailor your treatment to you and also offer specialized programs for patients with history of trauma or relapse, for young adults, for adults 50-plus, for the LGBTQ plus community, a confidential program for first responders and service members, and a faith-based program. Recovery Centers of America accepts patients 24-7 and is in network with most insurance providers. Don't wait. Go to rcahelp.com slash podcast for help. rcahelp.com slash podcast.